Welcome everybody to episode 149 of the Metabolist 2 podcast featuring myself, Ben, and David. And tonight we are reviewing the penultimate episode of series 12, The Ascension of the Cybermen. Ooh, Ascension of the Cybermen. The Cybermen are slowly ascending upwards. Climbing the stairs. And... Climbing the stairway to heaven <laughs> in their clumpy, clumpy cyber boots. Yeah, I thought I thought that's a pretty good episode. It did not disappoint. Not really. I mean, you know, as usual, there's there's the odd disappointing parts, mainly again due to you know the speed of the storytelling. Hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Actually, here's a thing. This is something I thought was really smart. This is completely irrelevant, but I'll I'll say it anyway. There's something really smart that Janet Fielding said at the convention. Yes, she pointed out that Classic Who was made really really quickly. Right, but was is broadcast really, really slowly. <laughs> uh, but modern Who is made really, really slowly, right. but broadcast really, really quickly. Hmm. And I thought that was kind of a smart thing to say. In that, you know, she was talking about how the you know they would did they turn off the lights at ten p.m. like right. whatever. So you know, the last couple of minutes, of the episode war was super rushed because they had to kind of do it really quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, of course, you know, modern day modern day Who they take like you know years to to shoot like a 10 episode series um, <laughs> at least a year but, uh, but exactly but then it, it comes to us you know really kind of quickly so i thought that was that was good so yeah no there was some um some economies i was a bit distressed initially by wondering why if they brought all that equipment from them with them from the tardis right why they didn't just go back to the tardis and fly away mm-hmm. rather than like we can't go back to the tardis right. uh, and, and no one went like yeah we can it's just over there because <laughs> we we carried all that equipment and that's all all that equipment's broken now so we've actually got less to carry now so right. why don't we just run back to the tardis and take everyone with us right yeah. but anyway minor 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 issue well as graham pointed out last episode the doctor parks a little far away from where they need to go <laughs> So yeah, if only the doctor parked like right where they needed to go, then all would be well. Yes. You wonder why they didn't materialize right in the middle of the survivor refugee camp. Yeah, exactly, because that that equipment looked heavy, especially mm-hmm. if it's like spreading gold dust particles into the atmosphere, which I thought was a cool device actually. Yeah, uh, they had three three devices that the time team brought along: a neuro uh, inhibitor that scrambled. Mm-hmm. Uh, that let the emotions flow, the gold yep. dust particle projector, and then a yep. force field. And then we have uh, Handel's led cyber drone fleet, and it destroyed everything. <laughs> yeah, I I like those flying cyber heads. Those were yeah. awesome. Yeah, yeah, those were extremely good. I kind of wish they'd kind of land on people's heads and like kind of open up like jaws and then like... Uh, Mm-hmm. grab you by the head and like convert you into a cyberman but mm-hmm. i guess they don't do that maybe they do but maybe they Ooh, were maybe, only on the uh, flying mode i don't yeah don't know don't know but that was uh it was not a letdown to see those uh heads flying through because we saw them it, it was a little uh i guess we had uh speculated that it'd be the ships themselves but the ships were pretty they're pretty nifty the cyber fighters were looking pretty cool ships there yeah cyber yeah men. yeah no, I thought I thought they were great. They got those kind of like arm things sticking out the front. They were vaguely kind of cyberhead. Mm-hmm. If cyberheads were kind of flat and like yeah, squished, flew along their own axis a little bit. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I thought they were great. For the opening, I really liked just going through the cyberhead eye hole there into the time tunnel. I thought that was a really neat transition. We've never seen that anything like that before in Doctor Who. No, I thought that was very elegant. I was getting very strong. Um, 
uh, Revenge of the Cybermen vibes from this. Hmm. Like, you know, it's the end of the cyber war and, like, you know, there aren't really any Cybermen left. Right. Um, in fact, there's only three of them left. One is, like, the king of the Cybermen and the other is, like, his cyber friends. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, that was that was the kind of vibe <laughs> I was getting. So I, I was vaguely hoping the Vogons would turn up. Um, but you never know. Maybe... Next maybe, episode. Next episode. Maybe, maybe Mr. Luke Skywalker person. I um, can't remember his name now. Um, maybe George he'll Lucas? Turn up. No, who's the guy who's oh. standing on the Bristol Channel looking at whales or the other way around? Look, Co-Sharmus. Uh, yeah, that's it. Co- Co-Sharmus. Yeah, co-Star Wars name. Yeah, I was getting a strong like Luke Skywalker on hmm. in the new movies where he's on that weird island. Yeah, I got a Star Wars vibe quite a bit for this too in some of the newer newer movies. Uh, we have yeah. Luke Skywalker type Jedi at the end of the universe at the very end. Right, right. And just the scrappy band of uh, resistance right. people or refugees who are on the yep. run from the re last remaining bit of Cybermen. It's, it, yeah. it felt very Star Wars uh, in, in many ways. Uh, thin in plot, at least in the main story, it was pretty much uh, a, a chase. Uh, yeah, a chase story. Yeah, yeah. You know, we split up and we get chased around. Yeah. I did wonder why the Doctor didn't return to the TARDIS. It, it seemed to me that this would have fit really well in uh, if, if we had done a Series 11 where the the whole point of the series was trying to find the TARDIS. And if the Doctor yeah. was without the TARDIS, then, of course, she couldn't have the team return back to the TARDIS. But uh, here is, it's only unavailable for story purposes. It's conveniently over too many hills to get to where they it's are. It's just over that slight... Light incline over there. It's just over there. And, and then what irritates me that, you know, just 10 seconds of storytelling, just do a Dalek invasion of Earth. Have some stuff ball on it hmm. um, so you can't open the door. Just just <laughs> do something simple as that and then I'm happy. But, you know, obviously we need to have bucolic shots of rural Ireland for a while. So we can't uh, we can't we can't spend 10 seconds obscuring the TARDIS. Uh, but no, yeah, I, know, I mean, Star Wars, again, in, again, thinking about, you know, the new Star Wars movie. So the idea that... A mighty empire has been defeated, right. um, but it's rising again, mm -hmm. which which is I think is a very kind of Star Warsy idea, basically. Yeah. So yeah, so I don't know. Maybe maybe Co. What's he called again? Co. Ro. Co. Sharmus. Co. Sharmus. So I'm I'm really bad with names. I can't. Who's the who's the, who's the head Cyberman? Couldn't remember his name either. Ashad. Aswad. Ashad. As as Ashad. That's it. Mm -hmm. They need to have more distinctive names. I'm sorry. I, I, one the, one of the great things about um. RTD is that you could come up with great names that are easy to remember. <laughs> I can still I can still say Raxocoracophalipatorius, mm. but for the life of me, I can't remember the Battle of Rank Xerox, whatever it's called. <laughs> last <laughs> last series finale, exactly. Yeah. So yeah, so getting a strong Star Wars vibe, getting mm -hmm. a strong uh, Revenge of the Cybermen vibe with the kind of remnants skulking around. Right. Trying to kind of reboot themselves. Right. The other strong vibe I was getting was an end of series ten vibe, Return of the Master mm, and yep. Cybermen, basically. Yep. yep. Following in Moffat's footsteps, I guess. Yeah. Clompy footsteps. <laughs> following in Moffat's and instead of a bucolic rural Wales, we're getting bucolic rural Ireland, which is mm -hmm. also Wales. Um quite easy to recognize there that that was all shot in Wales as usual. Yeah. So I was wondering if Co Sharmus, it's that to me kind of sounded like an Irish name. It had been Co Seamus. And <laughs> <laughs> maybe, maybe. <laughs> and uh 
the wags on the internet are speculating that Ireland is actually Gallifrey because uh, the, that off-chance remark in The Hand of yeah. Fear is Gallifrey someplace in Ireland, and the doctor says, oh, probably. And I think, I think he used it again in Human Nature, too, that his parents yeah. are from... Galloway. Well, I mean, I mean, do we want to dive straight into that? Because there's obviously something Time Lordy going on in rural Ireland. Yeah, that was a very, very, very odd thing. I could not figure what was going on there. So, so a mysterious. Well, <laughs> I'm not telling you because 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 I, I think you don't know. I'm just telling you <laughs> to, to see whether I, I can. I'm repeating it so I can see if I can try and work it out a little bit. So, like a mysterious baby is found. Yes, its parents bring it up. Mm-hmm. Um, or it's adopted parents bring it up because no one knows where the baby came from, and it is yeah. Ireland, and they're like you know, nineteen thirties. I'm guessing. Uh, well, the Garda was formed in nineteen twenty three, mm-hmm. so could he uh, could be could be before then. Um, it could be the nineteen twenties. Anyway, whatever. My my speculation for that is being the nineteen thirties is uh, Brendan seemed to be retiring sometime in the mid early seventies. So if yeah, you look that's at a true. career back, it seemed back to about nineteen thirties. That's true. That's true. So yeah. So I mean, obviously, mysterious. I mean, babies quite were well, quite often found in Ireland at that time, given mm-hmm. the. You know, lack of contraception, abortion, etc., etc., etc. So that's not unusual. So anyway, they find a baby, they bring it up, it joins the police, it lives a, a, a blameless life apart from falling off a cliff once and being shot and not having that be affected that much. Um, it's called Brendan, um, yes, and then yes. he's called Brendan, <laughs> and then just when he retires from being not when he dies. Right. But when he retires from being a policeman, mm-hmm. two two blokes turn up. Um, his and father and what looked like his father, who didn't yes. appear to have aged either. So that's weird. And the sergeant who uh, f- helped find him when he was a baby, I guess. Exactly. So so two people who really should be, if not older than him, also dead. dead. Perhaps yes. certainly his yes. father should be. Um, turn up and stra- and he doesn't really seem to query that hugely. Right. Uh, they give him a clock. Um, well, he's got a clock already, and then mm-hmm. he gets strapped to a chair. Um, something gets put on his head, and it's like ah. Yeah. Um, the doors behind looked a bit like the TARDIS doors to me. Maybe. Yep. yep. I think that was a callback that we were supposed to get. So I'm th- I'm definitely Chameleon Arch of some. It's Chameleon Arch thing going on, right? I think we're supposed to get a a, a double a double uh, mental image for that, either Chameleon Arch or with the head headphones on either side, Cyberman handles too. Oh, so I yeah. wonder if there's some kind of uh, red herrings going on here that we're not supposed to. Well, obviously we're not supposed to know what's going on yet, but it's quite the mystery. Yeah, so there are a couple of things I was thinking. One, and this is, I don't know, you know, maybe when Cybermen are kept, I mean, this doesn't sound actually hugely likely because it's too minor. I was thinking, oh, maybe when Cybermen are kept on ice. Oh, yeah, actually, the other thing that was really reminding me of, so I've do- I'm got my notes here, so I'm dotting around a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, it was reminding me of um, Tomb of the Cybermen. Yeah. You find a bunch of Cybermen, you kind of wake them up. Mm-hmm. And the person who wakes them up wants to be a Cyberman. Um, right. Obviously, Aswad isn't a... He isn't a member of the Brotherhood of Logicians. Um, he's a <laughs> lot more emotional than that. Um, right. but still, Anyway, so, so one thing I was thinking is, one, maybe that's what Cybermen dream about when they're under under ice or something. And they're mm. so the kind of... he's that, That's when the Cybermen are being woken up by Ashad. Could be. 
could be. be. Or, I don't know, that, that Ko Kirk, whatever he's called, Ko Schwarma, has been sending humans through this portal right. to Gallifrey. Right. So, like, humans are actually Time Lords or something? That's been an old, old fan theory that yeah. Gallifrey, Earth is Gallifrey in the distant, distant past, and that humans are actually Gallifreyans, and then when the Doctor is protecting Earth from all these alien invasions, he's actually protecting Gallifrey, Gallifrey oh. and the timeline of Gallifrey. Good one. So then Brendan is like, the humans are kind of, I don't know, they're put on an a nice bit of Gallifrey and it's sort of like Isle. I don't know. Anyway, Do you yeah, think it's weird. Brendan is one of the timeless children? Yeah. Well, okay. Here's another theory I was reading this afternoon is that the, <laughs> is that the Time Lords like steal regenerative powers from the timeless children who mm. are a bunch of humans. I've not met one, but apparently maybe they're, they're quite common. Um, humans who can't die. Hmm. Which actually then begs another question. Well, like, where do the humans who can't die come from? But anyway, so who knows? Who knows? Well, who knows what's going on? I hope. Um, I hope it's resolved effectively. Mm-hmm. You must have been pleased to see uh, Sasha Dewan return as the master at the very, very end. Because I, I had, was, yeah, I had my doubts he would be. You you had poo pooed that, but yes. I I thought it's unlikely that he would not return, mm-hmm. especially since they had that made up master name. On the credits. Oh, did they? Yeah, there was like a... Oh, I cannot be able to remember it now. It was like an anagram of the Master is Back. Oh, okay. So... Um, <laughs> how 1980s of them. How 1980s of everybody. So, yeah, I think I think the Master was coming back. Um, but he's, he's, he's back and he's mad about something, basically. Well, it's, it's probably the same thing that Gallifrey's all based on a lie. Yeah, I don't know why that, that would make him cross, but <laughs> I guess it is making him cross in some way. You would think he would use it as leverage to get what he wants. Yeah, yeah. But instead, it seemed to really just snap him. <laughs> yeah, I mean, maybe. I mean, his other, I mean, maybe all Time Lords, I don't know why this would make the Master Cross, but all Time Lords, when they're born, they're kind of, they live their first Time Lord life like on Earth. In hmm. rural Ireland, um, <laughs> in, in Gallifrey, <laughs> and in, in uh, adjacent to Galway Bay, um, right. and then, and then that's then at the end of their lives, their hu- their kind of human lives. That's when they're taken to Gallifrey and become Time Lords. Well, <laughs> it beats Longborough. <laughs> yeah, you go. Yeah, yeah, I mean, there's some, there's some. I mean, did you see that? There's an Instagram post that got deleted from Mandip Gill. Mm, no, I didn't. You, you heard about that? Yeah. No. So what was that? Um, is it, it was spoilery? Like, Do we have to a, alert, a little alert? bit spoilery? Not very spoilery though. I mean, obviously, there's something to do with Time Lords. So there's a picture of Mandip and the older Rebel woman. Can't remember her name. Uh, Rivero or Revero? Probably. Um, standing in a room, and there's like a big Time Lord seal behind them, uh-huh. um, and then what looks like a Time Lord tomb as well, well. That's the Vogon connection right there. The big Time Lord seal, seal of oh, Rassilon. Yeah. Oh yeah, <laughs> so that's how Vogons. the, that's the Vogons, how the Vogons back. come back. <laughs> Vogons are back. Big foreheads, argumentative, obsessed with gold. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, living caves. Vogons are back. Living caves. I think we'll, nice. we'll return to Wookie Hole. The return to Wookie Wookie Hole. It's back, baby. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Okay, so there's something something coming up that Mandip shouldn't have shouldn't have uh, Instagrammed out yet. I know he got yelled at by someone because that's um, that's been deleted. I thought that was that was 
flapping around on Twitter this afternoon. Uh-huh. So, uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. So I don't know about the whole relationship between who Brendan is. They he seemed to be accepting of his fate. He did. He wasn't questioning, but he never seemed to be a very questioning person. Quite a passive person, it seems. Well, yes, I guess, but it. It it seemed very odd that both his father and this uh, police sergeant were there, and they hadn't aged. And we had we we never did see his mother either uh, in in the later later bits. It is odd actually, because if he's just a baby that they randomly found, then mm-hmm. we, then I mean we got no impression that his dad was in on the in on the gaff. Yeah. Um, in on the trick. Mm-hmm. Um, and then all of a sudden he was. Right. So that was weird. The whole thing is just very, very weird. And I guess this is more broad churchy than previous Series 11 had uh, led us to believe Chibnall was going to bring to Doctor Who. Yeah, well, there was certainly a cliff. So that's, <laughs> good point. That's the good point. I, I would have, I mean, I can see what they're doing, obviously. They're setting up a mystery, and it's a you know it's a it's there's there's a chameleon arch style mis- mystery. There's someone Brendan isn't who he thinks he is. Basically, mm-hmm. that's clear. I would have liked slightly more, slightly more cross cut cr- you know uh, connection between our Star Wars style cyber tale mm-hmm. and Brendan solving crimes in rural Ireland in the 1950s. The one cut that we did get is when Brendan's mom was saying if. You get any worse, I'm going to call the doctor, and then we switch right into uh, Jody Whitaker's doctor uh, offering to help. So that's true. That was a directorial script choice that um, Jamie Magnus Stone and Chibnall combined to create. So they're uh, as artists that usually has a meaning, <laughs> that usually has a reason why they do it specifically like that. That seemed uh, less of a coincidence, more that more you should be getting something here from this right yeah no absolutely um so yeah i thought i could have as i said i could have done with a little bit more linkage and i I guess it'll get linked up next week um and it's got something to do with the master and it's got something to do with gallifrey and timeless Um, children and the timeless children and you know the cybermen are going to want to get involved Mm -hmm. if they're not involved already which i don't think they are actually um (laughs) but they're certainly going to find out yeah 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 that cyber ship, that cyber war carrier, I really got strong vibes of Sword of Orion from. Oh, so definitely Sword of Orion. Yep. Where, yep. where they're wandering and they see the tombs or the, uh, the, uh, the whatever we'll call them tombs uh, where the where the yeah, soldiers the are in hibernation, ready to fight again. And I love the kind of invasion, new modern take on the invasion Cybermen helmets looked fantastic in there i they really like that there were nice cyber designs i wasn't i haven't been so keen on those kind of sleek gaiman cybermen or mm-hmm. like you know uh, uh, the 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 dark water that's what i was trying to remember yeah i wasn't really keen they were a bit too kind of sleek for me mm-hmm. um they yeah those those seem like really good cybermen really kind of warlike really yeah. really blank faces i mm-hmm. like that a lot mm-hmm. and it's a mix too because the sergeants or the cyber uh, assistants to ashad are more of the modern style. So these uh, on the carrier, the war carrier, are of more of a vintage look look to them. Yeah, more kind of vintage ones. I mean, I, I mean, just to just to talk about Ashad for a bit. I mean, I'm I'm gen- in general not very keen on the kind of Borg Queen style 
we got to have someone emotional in charge because otherwise actors don't like playing people who aren't emotional and you got to have a single person you got to have a villain basically the kind of davros syndrome however i actually thought ashad is uh, he was working pretty well for me especially as i as i i think as i'm in i think what they want me to understand about him is that he's kind of someone who's chosen to be a cyberman mm -hmm. i think mm -hmm. and yeah. the reason why he's kind of made of bits of other cybermen is again because he's kind of like a brotherhood of lo logician person he's kind of <laughs> basically self-assembled himself mm. from bits of cybermen he's found lying around mm. and you know is trying to in a kind of star wars way like in the new star wars films he's trying to kind of reboot the cyber empire as a kind of fanboy of kind of cybermen which i think is a is a is a nice it's a good concept, and I'm mm -hmm. kind of enjoying it. That's the voiceover uh, that we got at the very beginning, that uh, empires don't stay dead as long as there's someone who believes and wants to bring right. it back. And yeah. This series has had some social issues that it's touched upon, and I think those social issues are just uh, slightly below the surface here. The two, right. the two that I got was the bit about refugees where – where Feecat, the leader, the, the tall black man, was saying, I'm a teacher, and then right. Revio is a nurse, and we have a childminder, and you know, a mechanic, and we, we aren't soldiers. None of us are soldiers. We're just all that's left. So, And we're refugees, and we have nothing. I, I think so. The, the idea of refugees basically being desperate people was part of the theme here. But yep. also this, well the done. idea... Yep of evil isn't dead as long as there's a like you say a fanboy wanting to reboot it so i keep thinking right. of how we have the skinheads and the neo-nazis and the white supremacists and oh yes true always wanting to bring back the third reich or the fourth reich or whatever and we have uh ashad if if he's a uh self-appointed cyberman he's trying to bring back the Cybermen. It's the same thing. Evil is never dead because there's always someone who glamorizes it, who always sees something who thinks better. thinks evil is awesome, yeah. Right, and wants to, like he told the doctor, he wants to just kill everything. Yeah. I mean, there's various points. I mean, again, I initially was irritated by his costuming, not because it was this kind of mixture of a, like a Cyber Cyberman and a 10th mm -hmm. Planet Cyberman and a kind of a modern-day Cyberman, but because the helmet was... Un Fortunately, was kind of remind he's the kind of half helmet thing mm -hmm. was reminding me of the the cap the captain in the pirate planet <laughs> where it's like oh yeah I, I get what you're trying to do here so he's half robot Mr. Tibuli. but I can kind of see that actually he's just like wearing it on his face it's mm -hmm. it's not actually half robot but then I thought well like maybe this is even cooler maybe Ashad is isn't actually even a Cyberman at all mm -hmm. uh, maybe he's just wearing a bunch of Cyberman stuff that he's found. So that, you know, we're we kind of reading that head as like he's half Cyberman, he's half not Cyberman. You could actually read that. He's just got a Cyberman head and put it on his own head. And like like um, Taron Capel in um, Robots of Death, he's just then painted his face silver. <laughs> you know, he could be really just a super nuts, mm -hmm. crazy man. Mm -hmm. um, which, again, was kind of pleasing me as a, as a possible kind of explanation for him. Uh -huh. What did you make of that scene with the uh, cyber projection where Ashad beamed himself aboard uh, the doctor's stolen uh, cyber fighter and the doctor just saying, you hate yourself and that's what's driving you? And then the Ashad says, yes, you're correct. And 
what about it? <laughs> yeah, I was a little bit taken out of that scene by thinking how convenient it was that they were able to do that, i.e. they were able to have a conversation without them being in the same room and thus, thus having to fight each other. Mm -hmm. But yes, no, I think I thought that was a nice piece of kind of psychological insight into both of them, actually. And I'm glad that cyber technology was able to provide that for them. Okay. So it was, it was there for the confrontation between the villain and the hero, effectively. Yes, exactly. But a, a confrontation that doesn't have to be resolved because they're not actually standing in the same room together. Mm -hmm. It's um, not like uh, Tim Shaw and the Whitaker Doctor on the crane gantry where one of them is not going to yes, make so, it off. Yes, someone's got to fall off. Otherwise, I mean, they're not just going to go, okay, we've had a conversation now. Right. Uh, let's just crawl backwards back off, off, off the crane gantries and like go away from each other. Mm -hmm. You've got to resolve that if the, like, the two antagonists are like together. Um, right, but if right. one of them is just a hologram, then you can have the but you don't actually have to resolve it in any kind of way because they're not actually standing in the same room together. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, Graham super competent this week, I think. Yeah, again, I don't know if you. I don't know if you've been following some of the Twitter discussion, mm -hmm. but there was some discussion about whether Graham was whether uh, Bradley Walsh made a slip by saying I'm the D oh Graham, or whether he's actually the Doctor. Okay, come back. I, I what slip did he make? So I haven't actually rewatched it, but I actually do remember this in the show. There's there's some point where Graham almost introduces himself as the Doctor. Huh. I.e. he starts to say, well, I'm the Duh, and then corrects himself. Hmm. So again, I think hmm. some people are saying, like, maybe. Hmm. Maybe this is all some giant fake out. And um, Boy, that would piss off this surviving bit of fandom. <laughs> <laughs> It's Graham's been the doctor all along. I oh. mean, I mean, we have got the chameleon arch. I mean, no one has to be anybody that right. they say they are right. at this point. Thank you, Paul. I mean, I'm, st I'm still, I'm still, I'm still, I'm still holding out for um, this all being an alternate universe, and actually, the real doctor is Doctor Ruth. But mm -hmm. I'm, I think my, mm -hmm. I think my, my hope is fast fading for that one. Yeah, um, yeah. But you know, I mean, Graham. It, that's why Graham's been seeing all these ghosts. Because <laughs> he's like, you know, he's, his chameleon archness is fading. Hmm. Maybe Graham's Rassilon. <laughs> or Barusa. Or Barusa, probably, at this point. Graham Who is knows? young Omega. <laughs> the young Omega adventures featuring Bradley Walsh as the young Omega. No, I mean, wouldn't it be great to see that's Bradley a, Walsh? That's a big it, finish it, box set right there. Oh, yeah. It, it pretty much writes itself. Um, <laughs> no, wouldn't, wouldn't Bradley Walsh look amazing in one of those Time Lord collars? Oh, uh, well... As long as he has a big hat to go with it, probably. <laughs> I, I, he, we know he looks good in a big hat. He's bound to look good, good in a big collar. Mm. So um, yeah, and I thought I thought all the regulars did did all right actually. I mean, you know, I thought Yaz really got her comeuppance there when when the refugee ship had exploded and Ravio was saying, if anyone has any heartfelt end of life speeches, now would probably be the moment. And everyone looks around and Graham kind of shakes his head and then Yaz starts to speak. And Ravio goes, oh, God, you're not actually going to say something, are you? <laughs> Funny. <laughs> and then Yaz kind of looks behind her and awkwardly. And I thought that was a good good character moment for Yaz. Good character moment. Yeah. Yeah. No, they, I mean, you know, Toys and Cole got to run around a bit. So that's good. Separated and uh, at the at the boundary. What did you make of the boundary with uh, co-Seamus and uh, at yeah. the end of the universe there? Again, I think it's really helpful that even though they're separated, our heroes can actually talk to each other really, really easily. Um, <laughs> yeah. That's useful. Uh, um, 
Well, uh, it is, Cybermen uh, can travel through time now, so obviously true. signals can be uh, time-traveling signals too. Absolutely. Again, I mean, I'm always, because like, I know that part of the world quite well, it's like, oh yeah, they're standing in Wales looking over the Bristol Channel mm-hmm. to Devon or Somerset, North Somerset. Uh-huh. Um, the reason why the water looks murky is because that's what the water looks like there. Right. But no, I mean, yeah. The, the grading, uh, the golden grading was a little bit uh, overly, little bit. overly done in my opinion. Yeah, and obviously wherever they shot the, just going back to kind of weather stuff, I mean, wherever they shot the deserted village being attacked by Cybermen, it was alternately raining and then sunning. Um, so, I mean, pretty... pretty Just outside of Cardiff. Exactly. Is it? Is it? Where's the, where's the location? I don't did, know. Did you... I'm, I'm, that's my speculation. It's oh, right, right, right. No, I didn't look up the, I didn't, didn't look up the location. Um, yeah, no, I think the, 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 yeah, the portal into... Into ga- so hang on so when co charmer co shamus <laughs> well when co ah oh, it's co shamus <laughs> top of the morning to you let's go and solve some some solve some crimes when co shamus says um well, i've never seen it like that before right did he mean i've never seen it look like that before i i i know it's gallifrey but i've never seen it all wrecked before right or had he never seen gallifrey, gallifrey before yeah, I, that seemed to be kind of ambiguous. Up to the viewer to decide that, I guess. For at least between now and next week, because I certainly, next week, yeah. well, I certainly got the idea that it was random where this portal would go, and it, this was the first oh. time it went to Gallifrey. It seemed like they were saying this was always random the boundary, but maybe, maybe not. Oh no, I I kind of got the idea that it always went. Well, I guess like, <laughs> went I just, to nineteen thirties Ireland. It always went to the same place and mm-hmm. was basically was sending all these kind of refugee humans to Gallifrey mm. when then they'd be like turned into time lords by evil time lords. I don't know. Are there the Who knows? Yeah, Shabugans, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about the Shabugans. Maybe the, I was thinking that maybe this portal was going like to Ireland or wherever it was going to random places. Yeah, maybe it is good. Maybe maybe that's how the baby got there. Maybe that's how Brendan got there. Maybe he was a refugee baby. My guess is that Brendan is uh, one of the timeless children, and we're we're, we're seeing, so, you know, it could be something like um, his dark materials, where they're harvesting the demons from the children, but they're har- harvesting regenerations from the children. I'm wondering if there's some kind of uh, Chibno mashup of. Uh, uh, Pullman and his dark material uh, yeah. storyline. Sounds possible. I mean, what would irritate me about that is then it, I, you know, it solves a mystery by just producing another mystery. So mm-hmm. if you go, well, the Time Lords get all their regenerations from the Timeless Children. Right. It's like, well, where do the Timeless Children they get their regenerations from then or something, you know? Well, the thing that kind of bugs me about trying to find these explanations for things is what we have the Metaclitorians or whatever... Uh, oh right, yeah. In Star Wars, which explained the Force, I think for me it worked much better when it was uh, Obi Wan Kenobi just saying it's a it's a energy that binds all living things together. And yeah, yeah, you don't need an explanation for things really, especially not an explanation that just demands a whole bunch of other explanations. Right, right. Uh, unnecessarily. My hope is that the Master is lying completely. Oh. That he, even though he's saying Gallifrey is based on a lie, he himself is lying there too. So maybe Gallifrey is based on a lie, but uh, I, I 
wouldn't trust the master to be telling the truth in this particular instance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I guess people being mean to children and that being something that we have to address in some sort of way. I mean, of course, that's a dark materials thing, which would make will be relevant because, of course, the BBC's other current high level fantasy program is his dark materials. Right. But it also, it's also Torchwood. So it's the first um, mm. Torchwood miniseries. Children of Earth. People are mean to children. Aliens are mean to children. So mm-hmm. I, I can't remember how closely Chibnall was involved with. I thought that um, was all RTD at that point. I think point. that was all. But then again, Broadchurch is about a child murder. Mm, yes, true. So, and I guess, you know, having a storyline built around how it's wrong to be mean to children is not exactly kind of original so i'm not saying that it's because chibnall's done it before he's doing it again this time but (laughs) but i mean we have seen a timeless child wandering around the vortrecker monument or whatever it was Mm -hmm. so we know there's there's african's language that's it Mm -hmm. yeah someone's being someone's being mean to a child but then again i don't know why the master would be so upset if someone was being mean to a child by doing something to it wasn't Rassilon mean to him or brainwash him? Oh, that's true. The master got the sound of drums thing, didn't he? Mm-hmm. By staring into the untempered The untempered doodah. schism. Yeah. So maybe the master is upset by cruelty to children. Maybe it's the only thing that does upset the master. Ooh, that would certainly be interesting. Because has he done anything bad to children that we've seen? He shrinks people down to the size of of smaller than children. Yeah. <laughs> Has he done something involving children? I don't think he's really... Is he, no. Has he been mean to children? I don't think so. I don't think Nothing, he has been mean to children. Nothing's coming, coming to mind. Nothing's coming to mind. And we have, let's face it, an encyclopedic memory <laughs> of all things Doctor Who. He's not He's not been mean to children. Hmm. And we do know that he was severely um, traumatized, traumatized yeah. as a child. Yeah. Hmm. So did he blow up Gallifrey because hmm, because be, they're hurting children? They're hurting children? Could that, be. That would certainly uh, change the character of the master. <laughs> yeah, that would be the master's Achilles heel. If the master's doing something evil, all you have to do is like hold up a child in front of the evil thing that he's doing, and then he'll just, he'll just stop doing it. Because if there's one thing the master hates, it's people being mean to children. Hmm. We're hypothesizing here. <laughs> Uh, so this is the introduction of the mystery it's a little bit heavy i think it would have been interesting to spread it a little more evenly throughout the series but uh we get it full bore double double barrel here from el chib yeah and i think you know it seems to me you know the the battle of 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 rum tum tugger um (laughs) that's a that's a cat's reference um uh, it seemed to me almost like a dry run, like a dress rehearsal for this. You know, it's like mm-hmm. we've got a band of rebels like skulking around a planet. We have a returning cackling villain of some kind who sits uh-huh. on a, you know, uh-huh. wanders about being mean to people. So, you know, it's it's funny. It's, it's almost like, to me, again, I mean, that's the other vibe I was getting. Oh, yeah, this is what a Chibnall finale looks like. Only thankfully this time he's given himself three episodes to do it. Right. Rather than one episode, which right. he really didn't. Was I mean, everyone knows that that was an awful episode mm-hmm. and with a returning villain that nobody cared about. Right. And so it just didn't it just didn't work. Right. And it is interesting to me that, you know, it seems to me that there's a change here between Russell T. Davis and Stephen Moffat and Chris Chibnall 
Davis, obviously, he was a Dalek man. Right. Daleks are the best. If the Cybermen come up against the Daleks, <laughs> the Cybermen are toast because Daleks are effing awesome, which right. is true. Right. It seems both Moffat and Chibnall are both kind of Eric Sawood style cyber cyber fanboys. They don't like the Daleks. They love the Cybermen. So I, you know, this upsets me because I love the Daleks and the Daleks are always the best. But it's yeah, it seems to me we've got we we got a we got another Dalek we got another another cyber fanboy in the house and his name is Chibnall. Yeah. Hmm. I thought Moffat was pretty even-handed because, well, maybe it was because he really liked uh, Davros. So he'd had the Magician's Apprentice, which is familiar whole Davros story. That story. True. No, he did have quite. Um, but he did. He did try to redesign the Daleks in a stupid way that that everyone hated. Early misstep on show running, right there. An early misstep that if he just asked anybody, like me, for instance, like, (laughs) is this a good idea? Anyone would have said no, Stephen. Don't do it. Everyone will hate it. It will look silly. Don't bother. And then, of course, he did do it, and everyone hated it, and it did look silly, and they <laughs> never spoke of it again. Well, and he got to blame it on Mark Gatiss. So <laughs> yeah, why not? It's Mark Gatiss. It's just that fool. It's his Gatiss story. Is huge. Exactly. He did it. A big boy did it and ran away. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. It definitely seems that uh, what Chibnall likes is kind of the steampunk look for his classic Doctor Who monsters because we had the reconstructed Dalek Scout in Resolution and we have this uh, fanboy Cyberman who may, may not actually be a Cyberman in Ashad. And yeah, it, I'm so I'm I'm going with mine. I think Ashad isn't isn't even a Cyberman at all. I think mm-hmm. he's just an ordinary bloke right. who's just put a bunch of Cyberman stuff on himself and sprayed his face silver. I think he's he, he's deeply disturbed. That's mm-hmm. my that's my explanation. A riff on that, a possible explanation is he was cast aside. He said he wasn't uh, fully embraced to be one of the cyber soldiers. Uh, it could be that the emotional uh, inhibitor failed on him, and so he is a Cyberman with emotion. And true, when he was uh, unthawing one of the Cyber Cybermen there, he was causing it to have extreme pain. I wonder if what he was doing true. is removing the emotional inhibitor. Maybe, maybe he got rejected for being a Cyberman because he was just too emotional or something. Could you know, be. they're like, uh, we can't, we can't change this guy. He's just like a. He's just an emotional weirdo. We don't want him as one of our Cybermen, and that really pissed him off. So instead um, of but going... yeah, no, I mean that was that was I mean what he was doing to that Cyberman looked really kind of radical. I don't painful. I didn't again. I didn't understand whether he was doing that to all of the Cybermen or just that one Cyberman because it would have taken him a while, right, to like do ten thousand or whatever it is Cybermen. I think it was just his sergeants, is what he said. Uh, yeah. I, I thought. But it, wants to give them back the pain that they have removed from their lives, right? So I think this is what the the uh, the new generation of Cybermen is: is they have uh, this pain, and this pain, this this insanity is what drives them to kill and kill everything. I think right. this is the new reboot of the Cybermen, where they no longer have their emotions uh, cut off, but fully restored and they're pissed off about it i guess I which i think is good on the face of it I, I would argue that that's what the daleks are so all you're doing is just making cybermen into daleks because hmm. mm-hmm. um, what makes the daleks so awesome is that they have 
they're incredibly emotional creatures. Right. They're not logical at all. Right. They're complete creatures of, of, of emotion. And the reason why they're so angry all the time is because they've been mutated and they've been put in a, like a crappy wheelchair where they've got to spend the rest of their lives. And that's mm-hmm. why they're so angry. What's cool about the Cybermen, I would argue, is like old, ye, ye old style 60s Cybermen um, and you know, are completely unemotional. Right. Um, and they sound unemotional, which right. is again why I think actors are always saying, like, can't we, can't, can't he say excellent a bit? Because um, <laughs> I've got something to do. Right. When actually, what the, the Cybermen shouldn't be saying excellent because they have no opinion on whether anything's excellent or not. Right. Um, it's only whether it's, it serves their remorselessly logical purposes. So, yeah, yeah I'm, I wouldn't, I personally would be wary about having. A kind of a new paradigm Cybermen mm-hmm. where they're where they're kind of super emotional and full of pain and want to kill everybody because yeah. that's what Daleks are. Yeah, yeah. We'll see where we'll see, see yeah. where Chimlo's yeah. going with it. Uh, the line, yeah, we will. The line that he gave Bravio was, uh, "We're carrying a Cyberman that makes other Cybermen scream," and that seemed to really scare her. So, yeah, uh, no, it's a scary concept. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, it good. did seem like that one Cyberman was in in pain and that Ashad was doing something something not kosher to uh to it not cyber kosher <laughs> I'll say I'll say something else actually that I've just because you you reference kind of refugees and of yeah. course we were referencing Syria um oh. back in can you hear me episode mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and of course Ashad sounds very like Assad Ooh. who is of course the you know a, a general you know several generations of inhuman torturers who've been ruling Syria for the past uh-huh. 20, 30, 40 years or so. So I don't know whether that's a, some uh-huh. some kind of, you know, uh, resonance callback, that we're supposed yeah. to have. Callback, yeah. And Yaz did say to when uh, Ravio and Graham were out exploring, you know, the sort of Orion hold there, uh, can you hear me? Oh, yeah. So maybe it, mm. maybe it all ties together. Oh, my God, it all ties together. <laughs> Maybe um yeah maybe the maybe the Eternals whatever they called will come back what were they, what were they called the which... the two people in can you hear me the super beings did they have a special super being I, name I think they name checked all the other ones but didn't give themselves one they didn't give themselves one okay, I, I, so I don't just, remember I don't remember either mm-hmm. yeah well very good um as I think you pointed out last week when episodes are good. There's often little to talk about. I think this is actually an episode that was both good. I was exciting and engaging. And also, this has given us some food for thought because, of course, it's all about next week. Yeah. The table has been set where there's plenty to talk about, plenty to digest here, but will the payoff come in episode 10? True, true, true. And I think uh, think it's 65 minutes next next weekend Mm. I'm reading. So it's an extra, it's an extra long, an extra 10 minutes or so of, Doctor Who goodness. Do you think Chibnall will cyberize any of the time team? Um, hmm. Will he cyberize the time team? Well, again, as you pointed out, the downside of that is that it really would be the finale of, of season 10. Um, right. If Ryan gets cyberized or yeah, I, I'm still holding out for Yaz switching sides and like being a master <laughs> companion. I don't think he's going to cyberize them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that'd be too close to what Moffat did with Bill. Yep, mm-hmm. yep. I don't think that's going to happen. Um, I would like, I would like there to be some change um, in the TARDIS team. I don't know how it's going to happen. 
Um, I want I want to get rid of Yaz or I want to get rid of of, uh, of Ryan. Mm, okay. And I want them to be gotten rid of them in interesting ways. And interesting is not this time. It won't be cyberization because that was last time. So it's either death or uh, being in cahoots with the master. Or if it's Graham being revealed as a secret time lord. <laughs> young Omega. Young oh, the young Omega adventures exactly. <laughs> he's ra- he's Rassilon. Graham is Rassilon. Mm. <laughs> I he's been we... hiding on Earth all this time. Actually, he's, he's... Chancellor Flavia. He's Ch- Chancellor Flavia. <laughs> Chancellor Flavian. That's it. Because yeah. when, when yes, Chancellor yes. Flavia, mm-hmm. Flavia is in, mm-hmm. in her male form, she's Chancellor Flavian. Flavian. Yep. Um, yeah, no, he's, 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 that's exactly. Yeah, he'll get into the chameleon arch and he'll suddenly reveal himself to be... He'll get out his stopwatch and he'll suddenly reveal himself to be, to be Chancellor Flavia. Or, or Yaz. Yaz is another incarnation of the Master. Ooh. Or the Rani. <laughs> yeah, there, there's mean, a Time Lord I we mean, haven't mentioned. <laughs> I mean, she's a, you know, she's an Asian, uh, an, an, an English Asian Indian, person. Indian name there, yeah. And the Rani, of course, an Indian name. Yep. Yeah. Ah. <laughs> you heard it here first, everybody. You heard it here first. All right. I think we'll set course... T- for Gallifrey, as Ashad said at the end of the trailer, and we'll pick it up next week on the Metabulous 2. Uh, thank you for listening to episode 149. I have been talking with Ben. And I've been talking with David. That's all for me. Farewell, Cybernauts. <laughs> Sorry, I had a thought there about the timeless children, but it's gone. Okay, that's all right. Oh, no, it's too complicated. Chibnall's messing with our brains.